Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Function at this present time. 
uh, let's look at some of the manipulation of the powers of darkness to stop and block you from operating as a manifested son and daughter of the Most High God. Let's look at some of the manipulation that he uses uh, to stop and block you and I coming to the knowledge or the revelation of who we really are. When you ever stopped and asked yourself, well, who am I? Have you ever stopped and asked yourself this question, what is my purpose of existing, my purpose of being? And we want to look at some of the the, the strategies um, that the enemy has used to try to block us and stop us. Uh, if all of us really came to the revelation, the knowledge of who we are, uh, and, and, and you only can find that in Christ Jesus. Our life is hidden with God in Christ. And uh, once we discover that and make a decision to operate in that, and that cannot happen without the Holy Spirit. you got to understand that. The Spirit of God is the one that opens up the eyes of our understanding. The Spirit of God is the only one that leads you and I to Christ. Uh, Jesus made a statement in the book of John 14, 15, and 16 about the Holy Spirit. Those three chapters really dealing with the Holy Spirit and telling what he's, what is his uh, job is or his ministry is when he comes. Jesus says when he comes, he's going to testify of me. He's not going to speak on his own accord. He's not going to speak about himself, just like I did not speak about myself while I was here uh, with you. Uh, uh, my conversation was the Father. Uh, it's the Father that does the works through me. I seek to do the will of the Father. Uh, I know the Father. The Father knows the Son. And um, uh, the Father has committed authority to the Son. So Jesus walked in intimate uh, experience and walked in intimacy with the Father. And um, the Holy Spirit, uh, when he comes, he's going to do exactly the same thing Jesus did. Jesus communicated and testified about the Father. When the Holy Spirit comes in us, his job is to communicate and testify about the Son to us. Um, the Holy Spirit is to make the Son a reality to us. As the Holy Spirit made uh, Jesus a reality to Saul on the road to Damascus, and his life was forever changed. And uh, so we want to look at some things here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, um, praying that God will open up the chance you understand it to the greatness of who you are. Um, you and I could never experience or establish the victory that has already been given unto you and I over every work of darkness apart from understanding this. Satan is a master strategist, but he's not a master of the master. God is the master. Christ is the master. The Holy Spirit is the master. Uh, he is a supernatural being, but yet at the same time, you and I uh, have the supernatural being living on the inside of us, the Holy Spirit of the Most High God. Your success, my success in this realm, ladies and gentlemen, is contingent upon our dependency upon the Holy Spirit of the Most High God. So let's look at some of the strategies from from day one. Uh, I want to say day one, from the intrusion into the Garden of Eden to manipulate, to block, and to stop the progression of uh, the man that was made in the image and the likeness of God. If we don't understand that, even though you and our image, the image of God has been restored through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if I don't understand this and know this and step out in this, then it means absolutely nothing. 
then I will always be born again if I have received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I will walk in failure all the days of my life. That is not God's will. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 57, Thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He giveth us the victory. So the victory, what we need to understand, and this is what we so miss it, we seek to be victorious uh, in our relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We seek to be victorious as husbands and wives, as parents. We seek to be victorious as siblings, as children to our parents, as children to our God and our Lord. We seek to be victorious on our jobs as business owners or as employers, employees. We seek to be victorious. But the problem with that we are seeking to be victorious, which is a revelation that we will fail. You are seeking to be something that you already are, and that's why we fail. It's just like salvation. You're already saved, but you're seeking to be saved. And, and we fail. And, and, and believe it or not, so many of us that is born again, we're still seeking to, we, we know we save, but we're seeking to experience the salvation. And if we don't know that's what we're doing, uh, uh, and we must experience it. Uh, uh, and, but, but in reality, we are really seeking to apprehend something that we already have. That's more the accurate word um, that I want to articulate. We're seeking to apprehend something, to seek something uh, that we already have. And this must become a reality to us. You already are victorious. You're already uh, born again. You're already delivered from sin. You're already delivered from Satan. You're already delivered from his cohorts. But if I don't know that, then I'm going to experience failure every time. This must become a reality to us. Let's look at some principles in the word of the Lord, which started this whole thing off, ladies and gentlemen, and it's, and it's still uh, uh, perpetrated, being perpetrated today in the church against all humanity, um, um, especially in the church, those that is born again. Uh, when we look in the word of the Lord, if you would notice uh, in the scripture, in the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 3, uh, what happens in, in, in Genesis 3? Genesis 3 is talking about, it's the story of uh, um, the serpent. Uh, Satan now enters into the life or, or the serpent, and the enemy is Satan now is uh, using the serpent as an instrument, as a vice, as a tool. Now notice he's using something that is created to minister to God's creation. He's not coming as a supernatural being, not at all. He's not coming as Satan. He's coming as uh, something that God created. He using something that God created, and the created is speaking to the created. Notice what it says here in, in uh, Genesis chapter 3. Now, we understand this is the beginning of sin, and Satan has no new tricks. It just comes in different ways, different fashion, different forms. So we need to understand that. So 
What he did in Genesis, he's doing today. But the sad thing about it, we're not able to see it or comprehend it because we're blinded to it. And the reason we only can be blinded to it is because we're not submitted to the spirit of the living God. And uh, let's start off, if you will. Well, i, I start with verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. So who did he use? He used the beast that was more cunning than every other beast that God created. He used the serpent's capacity. Look at it. He used the serpent's capacity. He used what God created. God made the serpent more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. So so God put this characteristic, God put this attribute in the serpent. So therefore, Satan didn't use any beast that God created. He used the one that was more cunning. So he uses, uh, his goal is to always use a person's capacity, abilities, skill that God has already given them. So he perpetrates what God has already given the person. So here the serpent was more cunning, so he used the ability that God gave the serpent to use it against the woman. So therefore, when the enemy uses any of us, he uses our capacity that God has given us. He uses our skill. He uses our talent to manipulate, to scheme, and to bring down the order or the purpose of God, the destiny of God for your life. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, the serpent, being used, manipulated by the devil, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Verse 3. But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse 4. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not die. You will not die. You will not surely die. That's what he said. You will not die. You will not. God said you will die. The devil said you will not die. But so since she don't have no frame of reference what death is really is, so she don't know what death feel like, what death look like, what death smell like, what death tastes like. She can't comprehend it because there's no reference to it. So the devil is using that. He's manipulating that. That's how he usually trick all of us. One of the things that, if you think about it, the devil makes us. Uh, feel um, what's the word I'm looking for here um, invincible he makes you feel invincible to a thing God said you're going to die well he made her feel invincible since I don't can associate what death really is then you won't you, I mean you're not going to die because if you do this here you're going to be like God God can't die can God die? Well, I don't think he can die. 
Well, the reason God don't want you to partake of this tree because he knows you're going to be just like him, and you're not going to be able to die. You're not going to die. But God said we're going to die, but you're not going to die. So he's manipulating. The most cunning beast Satan is using, the cunningness of the serpent to con the woman. So now he's getting her to think his thoughts and not God's thoughts. Now notice what it says again. Verse 4, then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Verse 5, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You're going to be like God, what? Knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, just like all the other trees in the garden, it uh, had the same fruit, most likely. It was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Verse 7. Always understand that the devil will always communicate part truth to you. It's not going to be a blatant lie. It's going to be, it's going to be a lie laced with truth, a truth laced with a lie. So it's going to be part truth, but yet laced with a lie. To get you to focus on the, the truth that he's saying and not the lie. So notice what verse 7 says, Then the eyes of both of them were open. He said their eyes would be open. In verse 4, he said, the day that you eat it, your eyes will be open, and you're going to be just like God, knowing good and even. Verse 7 says, and the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. He didn't tell them. He didn't tell them that. He didn't tell them the moment you eat that you're going to be naked. And they sold fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. So he didn't. He, he, he told part truth. Their eyes was open, but he didn't tell them they were going to lose their covering, which was the glory of God. You was you would cease to be, cease to be covered by God. You would cease to be covered by the glory of God. You would be cease to be covered by the presence of God. You would cease to be covered by the anointing of God. So what covers you? You will lose your covering, but your eyes will be open. Never told them their eyes would be open. But what I want to focus on more than anything here is, is this is what the enemy is perpetuating today from that day till this day. From that day till this day. This is the enemy of our relationship with God. It's this right here. Watch this right here. In verse 3. Let me see. If it's verse 3 I want to look at here, verse 4. Then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. That's not the point I'm, I'm looking for here. Oh, yes, it's verse 5. For God knows that in the day that you shall eat, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Knowing. Knowing. 
knowing or having knowledge. Having knowledge of good and evil. Knowledge. Knowledge. That is the enemy's ultimate goal is to get you and I to operate independent of God based on knowledge. If I have the knowledge, I don't need you. If I have the knowledge, I don't need anyone. I can do it myself. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been the enemy, and that spirit has infiltrated the church. It's, 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 it's the same spirit that manipulated Adam and Eve is manipulating the church today. Knowledge. Because if you got the knowledge, then you don't need. If I got the knowledge, I, can, I, can, I don't have to depend on God. Independence, the manipulation with independence. And this is what, what uh, the, uh, uh, the average person don't understand. Look at our children that uh, operates in pride. We'll start with our children so we can see ourselves. You ever notice one of your ch- children, when they think that they know something, they don't want you to help them? They don't want to, you, you try to explain something, oh, they know. That, what, what is that? That is an independent spirit based on knowledge. So once a child knows something, they feel, I don't need you. I know it. You have to tell me anything. That same spirit operating adults, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and the body of Christ. And we don't realize nor understand the manipulation behind it. And that's the trick, ladies and gentlemen. When Satan came and expressed what he said to uh, 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 Eve, what, what she didn't understand, see, see <laughs> the motive of Satan was unspoken, <laughs> but suggested the promise of independence. Are you hearing me? He suggested the promise of independence with unspoken words. So, listen, for God knows in the day that you eat of your uh, eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Your knowledge, he didn't tell her this, your knowledge will allow you to be independent. He didn't tell her that. He manipulated her. Your knowledge will bring you to a place of independence. You're going to be just like God. If you're like God, you don't need God. What it doesn't, the enemy will tell our children that you don't need your parents, but when our children, when they know something, notice their attitude and disposition. They don't want help. I already know that. You don't need to help me. I already know how to do that. So the enemy's ultimate goal because our children is born in sin, all of us is born in sin and shaping in iniquity until we become born again. So, so the manipulation is to get the child to think at a young age, if you need help, you're inferior. If you need assistance, you don't know nothing. If you need assistance, you are stupid. If you need assistance, you are dumb. 
So the enemy's ultimate goal, think about it, is to get you to think, operate, live, independent of the authority that God has placed in your life. Because I already know. So the enemy perpetrates knowledge. Knowledge has been the greatest enemy in society. The knowledge, you look at, look at individuals, the knowledge of Scripture. I don't need nobody. I, I, I know the word. I, I know the word, so I don't, I don't need nobody. So the enemy has used, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, knowledge to block, stop, and destroy relationship because if I know, I don't need you. And so when the enemy manipulated Eve to go after knowledge because you're going to be just like God, you're not going to need God and you're not going to need your husband because you have the knowledge. Think about it. My wife and I was uh, doing a uh, the Wednesday broadcast um, uh, one Wednesday at 1 p.m. from 1 to 2. We do the Wednesday together collectively. We're doing relationships. And we were bringing out some uh, principles here uh, concerning a wife working on a job. Do she respect her husband like she respects the boss? Is she loyal to her husband like she's loyal to the boss? Is she committed to her husband like she's committed to the boss? Does she respect her husband like she respects the boss? When her boss rebukes her, bring correction to her, do she handle it the same way if her husband brought correction? And most likely, only a mature woman of God will handle it because a woman of God, mature, will see it, everything from God's perspective. She see her relationship with a boss from God's perspective. She see her relationship with a husband from God's perspective. And so, therefore, there will not be any movement. If there is a shift and a change, it all reveals an independent spirit somewhere. She's dependent upon a boss because she knows she needs money. She don't feel like she has to be dependent, uh, I want to use the word dependent, interdependent upon her husband because she feels like, she have knowledge. Have knowledge. Our children operates on the same premise. Operate on the same premise. Once they kind of gain some knowledge of a thing, they think they're greater than their parents. They feel like their parents is old school. They feel like their parents don't know nothing. And so, therefore, they, they, they create and develop a rebellious spirit, mental and attitude, not willingly. They don't know that's what's happening, but because they yield to the same spirit that calls Adam and Eve to miss God was, it's the same thing that they're offering, but they don't know that. <laughs> Think about it. The animals are going to say, once you know good and evil, you will be free. To make your own decisions. <laughs> you will no longer be dependent upon God. That's the manipulation. See, you think it's Adam. It ain't Adam. It's God who created the system for the relationship. The system for family. 
the system for uh, uh, the church. God has a system. So the enemy's ultimate goal is to block it. So we see in the word of the Lord here, uh, uh, the first manipulation, ladies and gentlemen, is, is knowledge. <laughs> That's the enemy's ultimate goal. If, I can, if you can just obtain the knowledge of, of good and evil, the more knowledge you have, the more you like God. The more knowledge you have, you don't need nobody. Nobody. I remember in, uh, when I was younger and I first came here to South Florida, and I had developed the habit to have a relationship with the Lord, and, and I didn't care about nobody. I got a relationship with God. And um, I made this statement one time, I don't need nobody. I got God. And, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, uh, to have me, how can you separate me from my people? You don't need uh, uh, them. You don't need me. You don't need me. You don't need them. You can't separate me from them. Everything I ever would do in your life and through your life and for your life will be through the instrumentality of people. I am the source. For you say that you don't need nobody but me. How could you say you don't need nobody but me when I'm in them? To reject them is to reject me. To accept them is to accept me. God had to shake me. And so I was ignorant. And I'm separating I'm separating the people from God. I don't need nobody but God. I had the wrong attitude. My mo my mentality was wrong. And and God had to renew the spirit of my mind. So ladies and gentlemen, uh the enemy's ultimate goal has always been to get humanity to obtain knowledge. And the more knowledge that humanities have, uh, the more independent that humanity operates. I don't need God. It, but isn't that the New Age teaching? That the, when you have knowledge, you, have, you don't need nobody. You don't need God. That is a tragic mistake. And think about this right here. Even our English word science, is directly derived, excuse me, derived from the Latin word for knowledge. It's sentia, like science, scientia, uh, uh, S-C-I-E-N-T-I-A. That's the Latin word for knowledge. And think about it. Have not science in our day has exploded in our day and time? Men and the Bible says men will increase in knowledge. And the very thing that the cult of Bible says we will increase in knowledge, we're seeking, <laughs> it's manipulative. We're seeking the very thing that causes people to alienate themselves from God. Knowledge. <laughs> oh, God help us today. Let me give you the definition of the word independence. And that's exactly what happened with Adam and Eve. The moment they partook of the tree, they, they partook of the tree because they were seeking knowledge. They wanted, it was more Eve, knowledge. Because once I get the knowledge, I don't have to be dependent. I don't have to be dependent. I can live independent of God. And ladies and gentlemen, think about it. Everyone has lived, that lives independent of God dies because it's only our dependency upon God that we live. He is life. He is light. 
He is everything. He is the creator. And Adam's success was living in dependency upon God. Think about it. Then when God brought the animals before Adam, God didn't name the animals. Everything in this realm, Adam named it. Adam named it. But can you see the manipulation? So, so, but Adam had supernatural knowledge and understanding because of his relationship with his source, God. So if, if you are separated from your source, you are dead. You die. So it is the manipulation of increasing in knowledge so I can be uh, live independent of my source, God. God set the system up. My wife loves flowers, roses, um, the average woman do. Uh, but those roses, those flowers, uh, if I don't present them to her, if I had a rose garden, a rose, uh, yes, just a rose garden, and I take her to the rose garden and say, these roses are yours, I'm presenting her with roses of life. But if I buy them from a store or cut them from its source, put them in a vase and give them to her, so she's, oh, these are so beautiful. Thank you. I just presented her with death. And it's amazing how we rejoice over death. But you can't see death because they appear to be alive. And the only reason they appear to be alive is because they're still in the blooming stage. They're in the blooming stage, but they've been cut off from their source. So the moment that they were cut off from their source, they died. Instantly, they died. But we don't see the manifestation of death when we present them to uh, the person. We don't see the manifestation of death. But death has always death. Death started the moment we cut it off from its source. So knowledge is designed, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, 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 knowledge, wait a minute, let me make, break it down. Not just knowledge. Knowledge apart from God. Eve, the manipulation was for you to get knowledge independent of God. All your knowledge, Eve, by partaking of the tree of life. That means you're dependent upon me for your life. You're dependent upon me for your knowledge. You're dependent upon me for your existence. You're dependent upon me for your destiny. You're dependent upon me for the revelation of your purpose. As long as you're partaking of the tree of life. But the moment you partake of the tree of knowledge, of good and evil, knowledge, then what you're doing, you're seeking to become apart from me. You're seeking to know apart from me. This is the, this is the manipulation that has permeated and saturated the church. And so what happens now? We seek knowledge. We exalt men and women based on the knowledge that they're able to express and to articulate. And think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, God, the manipulation. It is so powerful, the manipulation. And we praise, oh, that was a good word, that was a good word, that was a good word. Man, you deep, you deep, you deep. Can you not see 
that is embedded on the inside of us, how we are able to exalt men based on the knowledge that they have and the knowledge that they know and not the God, if the knowledge that is articulated does not lead you to the source, which supposed to be God, then you have been manipulated. You have been deceived. You have been tricked. Are you getting this? The definition of the word independent, is, uh, this is not a Hebrew definition, a Greek definition, but it's from our English, English language. Free from outside control. Free from outside control. How many times uh, have I heard as a leader when I'm bringing correction to someone that the thoughts enter their mind, I'm trying to control them? Independence, satanic, and demonic. Where do you think those thoughts come from? If God has a order for relationship. You cannot do spiritual warfare. You cannot battle. You cannot do anything if you and I do not get this under control. Free from outside control. Number two, not dependent, not depending on another's authority. Not dependent on another's authority. Who is the ultimate authority? God. Listen, if you eat partake of the tree of knowledge, the tree of knowledge, you will no longer have to be under the authority of your husband. You will no longer have to be under the authority of God. You will be just like God. You will even supersede your husband because notice what he said. You won't be like your husband. You're going to be like God. God knows you're going to be just like him. Is God subject to anybody? No then you won't be subject to nobody. Is God under anyone's authority? No. Then you won't be under anyone's authority. You're going to be just like God. That is the manipulation. We see it with our children. They want to do what they want to do, when they want to do it, how they want to do it. That spirit of independence, that spirit of rebellion, saturate and permeates us, and that's why, that's why, our children have to be disciplined. And, 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 and if, if discipline doesn't change their heart, then what's going to happen, they will obey you, but they will never be submitted to you. And when they become an adult and they move out on their own, that thing that was that, uh, within their heart for years is going to explode. And that's why we see children raised up in church, and when they do become uh, an adult and move out on their own, that's why we see them go into the world. And, so, and, and all the while they're at home, it appeared that they was an obedient child, but it was rebellion all the time. They didn't have a submitted heart. And we see this also with individuals before they get married. A person could be in church and appear to be a certain way until they get married. Once they get married, then the real them come out. What was in their heart really begin to surface. I see, see that all the time, too. But a person that is, watch this right here. A person that is submitted from their heart uh, always receive impartation from the authorities. Those are the ones that have eyes to see and ears to 
hear. They're able to see from God's perspective and hear from God's perspective, not just obedience, but submission too. You're obeying out of submission. You can obey, but not out of submission. You can obey out of rebellion, but people cannot discern that and detect that unless a person is spiritually in tune and inclined, knowing that they're just doing it. I see that with my children from time to time. They do it because they don't want to suffer the consequences of disobedience, so they'll just do a thing. They'll just obey, but they're not obeying out of submission. They're not obeying out of submission. I see this with wives. They will submit to their husband. They won't submit. They will obey what the husband will say out of fear that they they may lose something. So it's not done out of the heart because if it's done out of the heart, then they will experience transformation. And the reason you know they have never they didn't do it out of the heart because there is no transformation. All submission will amount up to transformation, will lead to transformation, will lead to change, true submission. Just obedience uh, with a rebellious heart uh, will never lead to transformation. It will always lead to manipulation. When the person is out of sight, then they're going to do what they want to do. And I'm, I'm talking about adults now. I'm talking about people that are 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old. But they're governed by a satanic principle, and they don't realize it. They don't realize it. So here we see the definition of the word independent. Here's another definition of the word independent. Second one, once again, was not dependent on anyone's authority. Because the, the manipulation of Satan being submitted to authority is control. Ain't nobody going to control my life. Ain't nobody going to control my life. Well, somebody is going to control. If you're going to live in a civilized society, somebody's going to control your life. Or you'll pay, you, you, you will pay the consequences, or you experience the consequences for not submitting or obeying. If you don't submit to the light company, you have no lights. If you don't submit to the water company, you have no water. Are, are, are you hearing me? You're going to submit to somebody. If, if you don't submit to the laws that governs the land and you break in somebody's house or rob somebody, you'll be in prison. So, but the manipulation, see, God wants you and I to submit willingly to his structure and his order for you and I to be able to successfully do, uh, to become the men and women of God that God has ordained, appointed, and known us to be. The third definition, self-governing. Self-governing. This is independence. You want to you wanna do what you want to do. You want to make your own decisions. It's nothing wrong with that if you uh, uh, have submitted to the authority that God has called you to be. Think about it. God didn't name the animals. Adam named the animals. Adam received supernatural impartation, yet he was made an image in the likeness of God. But what made him supernatural was his submission to his source. God didn't tell him to name the animals. He named the animals. And whatever... Uh, uh, Adam named them, it was so, the scripture says. Not what God named them, what Adam named them. The manipulation, Adam, is to get you to separate yourself from God. And he used uh, someone that was made just like Adam, which was made just like God, to pull him from God. It's always been the pattern. Always been the pattern. Some of the greatest men in the world has been pulled 
out of relationship with God by women. Next definition, not connected with another or with other uh, each other. Not connected with another or with each other. Separated. Don't you see this happen? How many people online have said, I'm the black sheep of the family? You felt like the black sheep. Where do you think those feelings came from? Where do you think those thoughts came from? There's always the manipulation of the enemy for a family to be devices or to to stop um, the power of the family, the influence of the family. It's to cause uh, thoughts enter in the mind to get one particular child to feel like that the parent loved this child more than that child. It's to get them to function, to operate, and to live independently of the family. Satan is a master at manipulating siblings. Well, mama loved so-and-so more than me. Daddy loves so-and-so more than me. Where do you think these thoughts come from, ladies and gentlemen? These thoughts come to stop you and block you from receiving everything that God has ordained, appointed, and anointed you to receive for you to experience the maximum potential, I almost said potential, the maximum of life in this realm. You could never come become all that God has ordained and anointed and appointed you to be if you don't submit to the authority that God has placed in your life. He's, and it's having nothing with authority, have everything with you. Everything with you come to the fullness of who you are, the fullness of who you are. So he wants us um, to operate and disconnect ourselves uh, from uh, uh, those that God has assigned to our lives. Another definition, not dependent on something else for strength and effectiveness. Not depending on something else for strength and effectiveness. So therefore, if I'm ineffective, if I'm ineffective and I'm living independent and there's someone that God has placed in my life for me to experience effectiveness, I cannot be effective because I have separated myself. I'm living independent. In order, now think about it. Adam was effective in naming the animals and the vegetation because he was dependent upon God. God became Adam's strength. God became Adam's effectiveness. And it's when, and you know why we, we struggle with submitting? Because we don't understand. We got to understand before we submit. But it don't work that way. It doesn't work that way. God is bigger than your daddy. God is bigger than your mama. God is bigger than your pastor. God is bigger than the president of the United States. God is bigger than our governors, our mayors, our senators, our uh, 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 city, uh, city councilmen, uh, commissioners. God is bigger. He's bigger. So we trust God. We trust God, who's bigger than every human being. We trust God. I, 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 I don't agree with all of the policies of our, our president, not a little bit. I don't agree with all of them, period. Some of them I do, but the majority, I do not. But he's still the man that God chose. I must respect him. I must honor him. God chose him. All authority to be has been ordained by God. 
so I must I must uh, uh, pray for him, war for him, believe in him. I don't believe in his policies, but I submit to him. I don't believe in all his policies, but I submit to him. And my obligation and responsibility is to pray, battle, and war for him. And, and ladies and gentlemen, I pray to everyone that listen to me, I pray that you would do that. Because our nation, our nation will not be saved without it. I do not agree with same-sex marriage. It's not biblical. I don't agree with it. But if our president is, is allowed that to be, we understand according to the word of the Lord, judgment will fall upon this nation. So we need to pray for our, our, our president. We need to pray for our, our spiritual leaders that's in the Senate. We need to pray for them. We need to pray for all of them. All of the leaders all over the world that have the power to make decisions. We have to pray for them, war for them, and battle for them. This, uh, that the, the nation... The nations of the world, its, its, its success or its failure is contingent upon the church. But when the church becomes like everyone else, we, we, we fail. We cannot do warfare, ladies and gentlemen. We can't battle. We cannot succeed. We cannot uh, progress, uh, uh, cause the kingdom of God to be advanced in the earth realm. Are uh, you getting this? But knowledge, uh, the quest, the desire, the passion for knowledge, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this has been one of the greatest enemy tools that the enemy has used to stop and to block the progression of the church. He starts in the home. He starts in the home and is going through from the home into the church. When the church comes to the place uh, that uh, 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 we pursue knowledge but don't pursue God, then it cripples the church. It cripples the church. And now the church become paralyzed. We cannot flow in the supernatural. I, well, I take that back because we can't flow in the supernatural because uh, there's a series I want to start, uh, if the Lord permit me, on the Holy Spirit and show you through the word of the Lord how God has used men and women uh, all over this nation and the nation of the world when the Spirit come upon, but the Spirit within have not developed them. But we believe that individuals uh, uh, um it's God-centered because we see the Spirit come upon them and God used them. God used them, ladies and gentlemen, for service, to bless you. Because the Spirit is upon doesn't mean you equate the Spirit as upon as the Spirit is within. Same Holy Spirit, but there's an inner working and there's an external working of the Holy Spirit. The internal working is about developing the character of the Lord Jesus Christ in us. The external working of the Holy Spirit comes upon us in power to accomplish uh, the will of God for your life. It's for you. It's for service. But that's, that's another message. So we see in the word of the Lord, uh, uh, the enemy's ultimate goal was to get them to know good and evil. He's saying you will be free to make your own decisions. You will no longer need to be dependent on God. You now will be just like God. You don't need him anymore because you already know. I tell you that in the spirit, the spirit is so manipulative, you can operate in it and don't even realize that you're operating in it. And I see it all the time. When you make decisions, watch this right here. See, I personally believe this right here. Just like Adam and God, when a person uh, submit to your calls, you see that they have your heart, they see you have your mind, a person, hire a person, no boss uh, that 
that understands progress, progression, and, and success know without a doubt that you cannot live in, uh, uh, looking over people's shoulders. You got to trust them. You got to be able to trust them to be able to make decisions. And you're not going to trust them if they have not passed tests. Do the person that you hired, do they live and operate for the success of the company? Do they have your spirit? Do they have your mindset? Do they have your vision? They can do that. They prove that. They're sacrificial. You don't have to look over their back because you know that their decision is about is not about personal gain. Their mindset is not about what they're going to gain. Their mindset is about what, how can I cause this company to succeed. That's what, the, that's what the Bible describes as the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31. Hersh, you don't see selfishness there. You, her whole motive, motive is the progression of her family, the success and the progression of her husband. She had a servant spirit. You don't have a servant spirit when your motive is about you. What am I going to get out of it? And that's what Satan did to manipulate Eve, to be independent, to live, to think, to operate independent of God. If you get this knowledge, you're not going to need God. You already know. And that's the manipulation, ladies and gentlemen. And once you get there, what happens? Just like Adam and Eve was naked and they had to find themselves clothing, they became independent. So therefore, but prior to that, God was their source. God was their clothing. God was their covering. God was their protection. God was their everything. Now, since you're independent, you gotta you gotta provide for yourself. You gotta you gotta do it for yourself now. You already told God you don't need Him, so now you go get your own clothes. You 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 see how this thing works? So the enemy's ultimate goal is to separate you from God and to separate you from the established authority that God has placed in your life. So you cannot you cannot walk in the strength and the power of God. Walk in the strength and the glory of God. Think about it, ladies and gentlemen. You are so dynamite, so awesome, so powerful, but you don't know it. That's why you and I constantly is being manipulated. I don't say you and I, but the average person is constantly being manipulated to operate independent of God and to try to obtain something that you already have. Everything you and I need, we already have it in Christ. We already have it. But the manipulation is to get you to operate independent of God is to manipulate you and I to operate independent of God to get what you already have. It's to help God out. That's what the enemy did with um, uh, the father of faith, Abraham. He used his wife, like Satan used Eve, to go ahead and help God out. That's independence. That's independence. Not trusting that what God said, what God promised, he was able to do. Now, granted, later on he did come to that place. Later on he did come to that place. And he believed God. And he hoped against hope when there was no reason in this world, this realm, to hope because all the natural abilities had gone. The Bible said he hoped against hope. This is the place that God is trying to bring all of us to. 
that God is our everything. We cease to yield to the manipulating powers of darkness to operate and to live independent of God and to increase knowledge because we want to prove something to somebody what we know. You know, I, 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 I know. I, I already know. And ladies and gentlemen, here's a second manipulation that Satan used. He used knowledge. If he can't get you through knowledge, then he's going to get you through the church, religion. Think about it. Have it not been uh, in the various forms a man established religious rules and systems of worship so complete and all-sufficient that there is no longer any need for God anymore. If I just do, if I just do my morning devotion, if I just pray, if I fast, uh, this is going to happen. This we don't even realize that we're we're establishing uh, self-imposed rules and regulations to to tap into the supernatural or get the supernatural work from me apart from God. It's manipulative. It's manipulative. Long as you operate independent of God, if I fast, I don't need God. If I pray, oh, I call the name of God. But think about it. When God moves supernaturally for the for the person, what do you attribute it to? A man, the fasting, the prayer. It's something you had to do. You had to help God out that caused the supernatural manifestation. Independence. Not just simply trusting God. I fast because I was led by the Spirit of God to fast. I prayed this prayer because I was led by the Spirit of God to pray this prayer. So if I was led by the Spirit of God, then that means there is a dependency upon God. If I was led to fast, that means it was a dependency upon God. It wasn't a fast. It was obedience to the fast. It wasn't a prayer. It was obedience in praying that prayer. I'm obeying God. Now, God gets all of the glory. This is what we miss today. When people see the supernatural manifestation and demonstration of the Spirit of God, you say, yeah, I went on a three-day fast. I went on a seven-day fast. Uh, uh, I, uh, I, was, I wrote this prayer request, not prayer request, this prayer focus out. And I prayed this prayer focus, and because I prayed this prayer focus, uh, it moved the hand of God. Do you not understand what that is saying? It's saying you are the controlling factor of God. You're controlling God. Can you see that independent spirit, how it comes in the church, and we're even manipulated by the independent spirit? you got to do something to cause the hand of God to move. Now, don't misunderstand me. We've got to understand biblical principle. God works in conjunction with man on earth. God is in heaven. But God is the initiator. No man is the initiator. God is the initiator of deliverance. He's the initiator of salvation. He's the initiator of everything. By the spirit of living God, you cannot come to Christ unless you've been drawn by his spirit. You cannot come to Christ unless you've been drawn by the Holy Spirit. This is how God received the maximum amount of glory, ladies and gentlemen. 
This is how he received the max amount of glory. And if we don't understand this right here, we will fail in warfare. We will fail in doing battle against the enemy, Lord, uh, 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 the enemies of our God, because you and I are no match to Satan, but Jesus who has already conquered Satan, we battle and we war through the strength and the power of Christ, our victor, and our conqueror over every work of darkness. We got to see how it worked. We got to see how it worked. Let me do this right here before I get off this line. Let me pray for you. Let me battle for you. Let me war for you just for a few minutes here that God will deliver and set you free from an independent spirit, a manipulation of independence. And we see a lot of this, ladies and with pastors. Look how many pastors that is in your region is in relationship with one another. How many of us in relationship with one another? How many of us operate independent of each other? How many is jealous of one another? How many is envious of one another? How many, how many of us measure ourselves against one another? That I'm not, I'm not successful because I don't have as many members as this pastor. Or I'm more successful because I have more members than this pastor. Or I'm not as successful because uh, 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 the anointing on their life is greater than the anointing on my life. God help us, save us, deliver us, set us free. And all, what we don't understand, all that kind of thinking is independence. It's an independent spirit, thinking independently of God and not thinking independence upon God. Father, we just lift up right now all of those that is online today, all of those, oh God, that will listen later on. We lift them up before you. Only you can direct Holy Spirit. Right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I pray for the extension of your loving kindness and your tender mercies towards us. I pray that you will grant us repentance, grant us to turn from an independent spirit, to turn from independent thoughts, turn from independent dispositions. Have mercy upon us, O God. And as we turn, O God, we ask that you extend your loving kindness, your tender mercy, your grace, and your favor towards us, that we will begin to walk in total dependency upon your Holy Spirit, God in the earth realm. Even now, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, let the stronghold of independence, let it be broken, let it be eradicated, let it be annihilated now in Jesus' mighty name. Let the yokes of independence, the vices of independence, the bonds of independence, let it be eradicated and annihilated by the anointing of the Holy Spirit of the Most High God. We command the minds, the wills, the conscious, the subconscious state, the memory faculties, reasoning faculties, the thought life, imagination, emotion, affection. We command the heart, the mind, the soul to be set free. We command the spirit of men to be set free from the bonds of independence even now in Jesus' mighty name. I command it to be eradicated. I command it to be rooted up and rooted out. And I drive out every spirit of independence. But now, in Jesus' name, under the sound of my voice, I command you to be rooted up. I command you to be rooted out. I command you to be cut off from your tentacles, even now, in Jesus' name. Go now, in the name of Jesus, independent spirit. Go, independent spirits in marriages. Go, independent spirits in children. Go, independent spirits in families. Go, every independent spirit in congregations. Go, every independent spirit in, this, in your communities. Go, every independent spirit in your assigned region. Go, every independent spirit in your state. Go, every independent spirit in your nation. Go, in the name of the Lord Jesus. We speak it, we decree it, and we declare it to be so. That which is improper and unlawful, we forbid it. 
There is no independent spirit in heaven, so therefore we forbid independent spirits to function and operate in our lives. We forbid independent spirits to operate and function in our marriage and our children's life and all of our relationships and our congregation in Jesus' mighty name. We say not so. We say not so. We say not so. Father, the manipulation of knowledge and the manipulation of religion, we speak dichotomy, acrimony, segregation in this midst by the blood of the cross. We call you paralyzed. We call you neutralized. And we call you dead now in Jesus' name. We do render you inoperative. We do render you inactive. We do render you ineffective even now in the name of Jesus. We drive you out by the finger of God. We drive you out by the finger of God. We drive you out by the finger of God even now in Jesus' name. We do render you inoperative. We do render you inactive. We do render you ineffective in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus, but surely your kingdom has come. Let your divine and your perfect will, let it be done and performed for your sons and your daughters. In the name of the Lord Jesus and the Redeemer, the Most High God, all of those, oh God, that is tapping into this radio broadcast, let the Spirit of the living God saturate and permeate. Let the sound of the Spirit, let the voice of the Holy Ghost, let it eradicate and annihilate, oh God, Every yoke in Jesus' mighty name. Every yoke in Jesus' mighty name. I speak restoration. I speak reconciliation. Even now in Jesus' name. I speak divine harmony with the Holy Spirit. Divine harmony with the Son of the living God. Divine harmony with the Father God himself. Divine harmony in the kingdom of God in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, From this day forth, grace us, Father, to acknowledge you in all of our ways. Leaning out of our own understanding. In all of our ways, acknowledging you that you may direct our path, we ask it in Jesus' name. Now take what the enemy meant for evil, shift it, turn it around for good. We cancel all satanic, demonic, and flesh and manipulation against the church of the living God, against the redeemed of the most high God, even now in Jesus' name. We thank and we praise you, Lord God, for the increase of the momentum of the humility of Christ. The increase of the momentum of the humility of Christ. The increase of the momentum of the humility of Christ. We yield to the humility of Christ. We submit to the humility of Christ. We yield now, Lord God. To Christ, our humility in Jesus' mighty name. Rule and reign, Lord Jesus, in humility in our hearts, in our spirit, in our soul, in our mind, in our bodies. Rule and reign in humility in our marriages, in our families, in our children, our extended family, in our congregation in our assigned region, in our communities, ruling reign in the spirit of humility, ruling reign in the spirit of humility, even now in Jesus' name, even now in Jesus' name, even now in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you and we praise you. Now, Father, as we prepare to depart from this land, but yet not from your presence, I pray right now for the presence of the Holy Spirit, the leading of the Holy Spirit, the guidance of the Holy Spirit in every service on tomorrow. We bring right now the praise and the worship subject to the Lordship of Christ. We bring, Lord God, the service of every man, every ministry, which is a minister of service, subject to the Lordship and influence of the Spirit of Christ. We release right now the spirit of expectation. We release right now the spirit of excitement. 
We release right now the spirit of enthusiasm in every service, O oh God, that's been ordained, appointed, and anointed by you. We pray for the anointing upon the speaker. Lord God, on every service tomorrow in Jesus' mighty name, anoint every speaker. Use them mightily, O oh God, to articulate your heart and your mind. Prepare the hearts and the minds of the people to be receptive to what you want to speak through the speakers on tomorrow. We speak to the north, south, east, and west. We call you redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, even now in Jesus' mighty name. Those that is not saved, those, oh God, is unchurched, we call you into the kingdom. We call you into the house of God. We call you into panorama tomorrow in Jesus' mighty name. In every church, oh God, that you're drawing men and women and boys and girls into, we call them into the house of God tomorrow in Jesus' mighty name. I speak in open heaven over every service that has been ordained by the, by the heavens, even now in Jesus' name. We thank you for a spiritual, numerical, economic explosion upon the hearts and the minds of your people tomorrow. We speak blessings to overtake your people on the right hand, in the left hand, in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for the supernatural breaking out, um, the supernatural manifestation of the kingdom of God. Um, breaking out in every service on tomorrow, in Jesus' mighty name. We bring every man subject to the influence of the kingdom of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, done, settled, and sealed, for it is proper and it is lawful, and we do permit it to be so. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I pray that you receive something from the broadcast today. We pray that we was a blessing to you today. I pray that the Spirit of God has spoken something to cause your mind to be renewed and to cause you to pursue him like never before and see and see that the enemy has been exposed, those enemies of knowledge and those enemies of religion that comes to block and stop us from living in total dependency upon our Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, we love you, appreciate you, and we thank God for you. Well, until uh, next Saturday, and I'm thinking about changing our Saturday uh, time from 12 noon. So many people out and about doing uh, 12 noon, and uh, 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 we just got it before the Lord. If the Lord tells us stay here, we will stay here at 12, or we will do an early one uh, uh, on Saturday mornings. All right, God bless you until Monday. Monday, I'll be with you at 6 p.m. Uh, with the Master Key, unlocking and liberating the real you. And on Mondays and Tuesdays at 6 to 7, Wednesday, Kathy and myself will be with you dealing in the areas of relationships, marriages, parenting. And on Thursday, Kathy will be back with you uh, uh, dealing with women issues and not say issues, but ministry. Uh, God is raising up powerful women in this last day and time. And so, therefore, there's a divine balance and order. Uh, when it comes down to relationship in the kingdom of God. So, therefore, she's doing, uh, doing a wonderful job in ministering to, to women. Fridays, we're no longer on the air on Fridays. Uh, so, therefore, we'll uh, see you on, um, uh, be with you, rather, not seeing you, but be with you on Monday at 6 p.m. to 7. Call someone, tell them uh, be with us on Monday, if you will. God bless you until the next time. This has been Dr. J. McKenzie with The Master Key.